folks, welcome to episode 30 of Biomast, and we've got a pretty, uh, <laughs> got a pretty short show for you tonight. By short, I mean maybe three to four hours, who, who knows. Uh, it, we've uh, we've got a pretty all-star luminary cast for you tonight, a, a who's who of uh, PR men, con men, tinfoilers, random escapees from the Wonder Years, as I'm looking at Tyrizel. Um, prognosticators and, you know, fabricators, whatever you want to call it. So uh, we're going to dive right in. We're going to get some shout outs out of the way. Uh, tonight, uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, a few different topics, some war barge stuff. Like there's a lot of discussion about what pray tell will the war barges do in the future? Like, and does that only mean they affect PC or do they affect other things? Not just, um, you know, not just PC, but general gameplay if they ever come in, you know, that kind of jazz. Uh, a little bit about some of the, you know, what sound to be some interesting twists with the weapons that they may be bringing in uh, as part of the War Barge discussion. Uh, we've got a one guest who has a burning desire to talk about his hatred for the kill assist mechanic. And I'll let you guys figure out who that is here shortly. Uh, and let's see, we are going to have uh, some discussion maybe about uh, what might be some good ideas that uh, CCP could pull from Planet Side 2 into Dust. Uh, or if you listen to uh, one of our co hosts who will remain nameless, sounds like Worm Tongue, that uh, they will probably spill venom and invective all over the Planet Side product, which it may be fair. I don't know because I'm not playing the, the, uh, the current iteration of Planet Side 2 myself at this moment. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to find out what uh, Sarizel thinks about that as he's playing it live and probably getting owned on it like he gets owned on Dust on a regular basis. So with that, let's go ahead and walk right into some shout-outs, or correction, not shout-outs, although we could time warp into that. Uh, I think we're going to get started with uh, some intros. Let's do intros, because intros is the thing you do as you introduce the show, as opposed to shouting out when you're getting the fuck out of the show. So we'll start at the top of the list. Bam Havoc, start us off, brother. Hey guys, it's me, Bam. Uh, yeah, just a guy. Yeah, that's what I want to say. Beer and bacon for life. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Iron Wolf. Did anybody check to see if Wolfie was actually here before we actually started? He, he oh, was. Wrong button. Wrong button. Okay. There he is. <laughs> that's a common. That's a common thread in your gameplay, isn't it? Wrong button. Yes, it is. Uh, CP1 council member, secretary, and um, he's here to hang out tonight. Okay. All right, Kane. Uh, uh, former CPM member uh, of uh, CPM Zero, uh, just a dust player these days. Awesome. And Pokey? Uh, Pokey Draven from OSG Planetary Operations, here on Biomast. Cool beans. Uh, SMB? Yep. Uh, Sir Manboy here, one of the directors over at Molon Labe, member of CPM One, logistics specialist, DOM enthusiast, and supporter of all things Team Deploy. I like the cut of your jib, sir. Soraya? Yeah. So uh, I'm Soraya Zell, a CPM1 member and uh, co-host here on Biomast. I am going to be trying uh, uh, Planet Side 2 on the PC version uh, live during the show and uh, commenting on it occasionally. It took me a bit to figure out how to start the thing. Um, uh, I'm Soraya Zell on the U.S. East region server Emerald, which is the only server that doesn't have a low population. Okay, and I'm Jason Larrison. I'm one of the co-hosts here on Biomast. I'm with OSG Planetary Operations, and in the Eve side, I fly with Agony Unleashed. Um, let's see. So we're, we're gonna we're gonna kick off into our kind of our normal segments, you know, that we normally do with the C CPM updates. 
Uh, and like I said, we'll get into some of the topics we uh, we touched on earlier. Uh, before I get going, as I'm looking at my 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 silent co-host is over here next to me in his brand new black and gold Kalaji PJs, uh, my my wingman Parker for the for the evening. So um, that would be my six year old, just everybody's tracking. So at some point, I'm I may have to go AFK as he as he hits his cloak and goes into Betty by time. But uh, until then, we have an extra co-host with us. So. Uh, we're going to go ahead and kick it off to a uh, CPM update, and I'll turn this over to Soraya, Iron Wolf, and SMB. What massive, incredibly ground-shaking news does the CPM bring us yet again this week? It's a quiet week. No shit. <laughs> and the silence that you don't hear, because we usually edit that out of the podcast, but we just had this like good 10-second pause there, uh, yeah. that's the sound of the CPM update, as usual. Yeah, I was just wanted to say that um, their CCP is really busy this week with the um getting the their toy shipped out or ready to go. Then they'll work on all the numbers afterwards since they are they can do that now. Can you say that again? What are they shipping out? Shipping their latest toy out. <laughs> uh, are you you got to help me out here? Are you referring to something that may or may not be getting uploaded onto on the dust? Well, remember the old patch cycles that um how things used to go and basically still somewhat are the same is that when they develop a patch they have to submit it into Sony for all Oh yeah 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 I got you okay. for qualification well that they're getting really busy and they're knee deep into that try, uh, trying to get it shipped out for Sony but um they're not as worried about numbers as they used to be because now that is something they rather would hotfix up to the last day before it comes out Oh okay all right so have they actually announced when the next patch slash releasey thing is like the actual date it's coming out and not yet, because um, like I said, it's still up in the air. But okay. if they've if they've already submitted it to Sony, though, that puts it at an early to mid February release, though, most more than likely. Cool. Yeah, I was assuming it was probably like a three to four week turnaround once they turned in their homework, so to speak. And that's what they estimated on the roadmap, anyways. Was early to mid February, February, if I remember. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um. All right. So. I take it that's all from our illustrious CPM members on all things CPM. I actually do have a question uh, that I know you're going to tell me it's NDA or you can't talk about or some other jazz like that, but I'm going to go ahead and ask anyway, because that's the kind of guy I am. I'm trying to be helpful for the community. Um, it, is there still nothing you can talk about about the future of having a CPM 2? As far as we know, we expect to have one. That's a standing, you know, ex I mean, that's that's like a goal of every CPM is to ensure there's another CPM. Hmm. Okay. Alrighty. Um, I guess that would be the, that'd be one of the questions in is at what point they might, you know, like have any kind of uh, mention of it or something like that. Uh I'll I'll tell you what I'll get a meeting with CCP. I'll we'll try to get a meeting with CCP Prime and we'll try to get that hammered out. Yeah, and like I said, uh, the only reason I'm asking is because it is you know kind of the CS is getting into CSM season, which it, yeah I know we don't run necessarily parallel to the Eve track, but it, it's you know like I said it's in the build up to Fan Fest. Uh, so it, acknowledge that we're not going to have anything said at Fan Fest about Dust or Legion or you know what, whatever collectible trading card game they're building now, uh, but. I did think it was kind of pertinent in terms of uh, this is about the time we started ramping up last time. So uh, at least getting an idea of what the, you know, kind of the time frame or the scope was going to be for the next round of CPM, if there was going to be one. And, and the fact that you guys sound kind of positive about it, I'll take that as a good sign. 
Um, so one note is that Planetside 2 does actually have a tutorial that steps you through the gameplay. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, there's like a whole there's like a whole trail of, of rooms where it's like your 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 allies have little blue triangles over them, and your enemies do not, and that is how you can tell which are your friends and which are not. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Allies have blue triangles over them. That's what it says. Not if you change the colors. Well, it's never been like that on my UN. I played it like last week, and it's still not like that. Still wound up killing 20, 20 friendlies because of it. Is it. This is on the PC version, at least. Yes, PC. Okay, so it's got basically your standard FPS tutorial, kind of like walkthrough training setup thing. Really basic, like, you know, you can move your mouse up and down to look up and down. Mm-hmm. It starts there, so I'm, yeah, I keep, like pretty I much keep every other alt, one. <laughs> I keep having to alt tab to Skype, so I haven't made a lot of progress yet. Okay, all right, that's cool. Um, okay, so let's jump right in. We're going to take one of the easy topics first, just because it's easy and it's handy. And for the for the record, the way I'm reading the uh, list of guests, Kane's Sparrow's name is dead middle, so it's easy for me to aim center mass. So because I ain't shittily. So Kane, tell me why you hate kill assist. It's not that I hate Kill Assist, it's that um, I was on squad comms and heard some people talking about Battlefield 4's assist system, and it sounded amazing, and I did more some research into it, and I talked to some people who played um, played with that assist system, and it just sounds uh, like a dynamic system that's kind of well-tuned, really. Um, the basic gist of it is, um, currently we get, you know, you get tw- plus 25 um, for an assist, you know, 50 for a kill. Um, the way that Battlefield 4 does it is it gives you um, assist points based on percentage of damage, and once you cross a certain threshold, it then gives you um, uh, a kill, uh, you know, an assist that counts as a kill, is basically what it works at. Um, from what Godin, I've been talking to Godin who plays Battlefield 4, he says that it used to be 75%, but now it's down to 50 So let's say in our game, you know, you did, you know, a whole bunch of damage, you could get up to like 50 points, you could get up to like 49 points for an assist. But if you get like, you know, a high amount of assist points, you actually get a kill counted as well, in addition to the person who gets the kill shot as well. So basically you're rewarding teamwork and you're also rewarding the person who puts the most who puts in the work killing somebody. Hmm. That's that's not bad. I mean, I, I, I've never I've never really looked at um, recalculating the, uh, you know, like the kill kill assist mechanic yeah. in, in dust too much. But yeah, I mean, that sounds Sounds like it'd be pretty cool to do. The thing that got me thinking about it was the um, with the notion of you know keep what you kill becoming very prevalent and you know being in some of the roadmap posts and stuff like that. It's um, because killing becomes a financial thing aspect to it. Um, it seems that a better way of tracking um, the some of the minutia that maybe goes into a kill may be warranted. You know that way if somebody does ninety percent damage on a target and but somebody else lays the final blow, maybe they share the pot in terms of that the isk value of that kill and those sorts of things. Um, I think where it probably would play in uh, to a large factor is you know in installations, um, vehicles, that kind of stuff. Um, I think it could be an improvement. Um, whether or not Unreal the Unreal 3 engine can handle it, I don't know. Um, maybe, uh, I mean, because if you think about it, we have some pretty complicated point tracking mechanics, like um, with uh, uh, the dropship uh, transport rewards and things like that. So I think it might be actually possible, but I don't know if they can do it or not. But if they could, I think it would be a, a pretty good improvement. You know, it never occurred to me that uh, the way the numbers shake out, 
right now was was ever uh, unsatisfying. But I'm definitely open to ideas that that make the game better and that uh, you know the community responds to. The only thing that I would be curious to know is, do you get some kind of weird like double dipping uh, statistical action in, in a uh, a system like that? Like if you've got two people getting credited for a kill on the same kill. How does that shake out in the end when you look at the like end of match screen or something like that? Well, from talking to some people who actually play Battlefield 4, it does it, you do in fact get two people that get, get a kill stat on their statistics. Um, so I don't know, you know, whether that's a good or a bad thing, ah, it's up into the air for me. Mm-hmm. To me, the more important aspect of it is um, the war point rewards and potential ISK rewards if um, moving to a and moving to a ki- uh, keep what you kill kind of system. Uh, I, I mean, like I said, I mean, conceptually, I mean, it sounds, sounds okay. Um, you know, certainly not bad. The, uh, the, the things off the top of my head in terms of war points, you definitely need to probably readjust the, uh, the war points, you know, for like war barges and, you know, that kind of jazz, just because we have a lot more ways of generating war points now than we used to, I, I think just kind of, you know, writ large. So that, I mean, and that's a minor thing, just trying to uh, adjust the numbers. Um, and there's always debate about the f- numbers of types of war barges that you have and the, and the points it gets to it. So there's a there's a little bit of that I'd be kind of concerned with. In all honesty, you know, I, I actually think that um, I, I'm, I'm relatively okay with the system now. Like, I don't think it's broken. Uh, so like making the addition that you're describing, well, again, sounds very viable. I don't know that there's a, a huge crying need for it. I, w- I will tell you this, though. What I would actually like them, perhaps as an incremental step, uh, counting kill assists instead of just having you know your your kill death and more point in the end. Have like a kill death, you know, with you know, like kill kill assist and then deaths. So, no, by the way, deaths should only count if your clone bleeds or you terminate, not if yeah. you're picked up. And then, and then maybe something like, um, you know, like revives or, or point, you know, like damage yield or something like that, where you, I think you get a little bit better idea of where, where you're stacking at it and what your personal performance is. But, but that's just me. I mean, like I said, I, I don't think this system we have is necessarily broken, but it, I like what you're describing. I've, I have not played Battlefield 4, so I'm not, I'm very much not familiar with that. Yeah. I'm- for, for me, my thing is, is, if the target is down, I'm a happy camper. Especially, oh, there's nothing worse than a tank getting away. So, um, um, I like it when, you know, if the vehicle's actually, if the target's actually neutralized, uh, to me, that's a happy thing. But it did seem to add a little bit more nuance to the system. But I, in terms of assist, though, I, I would love to have KDA on your, uh, on the stats, though. Because, you know, some people put up crazy numbers of assist, and that's really not tracked at all. Um, at least not in terms of the leaderboard. Now, how valuable the leaderboard is to from player to player varies a lot. So, I mean, some people that be a huge, some people that be a big deal, others not, not as much. No, I think that's a very fair statement. It really depends on what what you get out of the end of match screen as an individual player. How about that? All I heard I, from I, uh, Kane Sparrow, should I say, was I'm a happy camper. You heard it here first, folks. Kane Sparrow is a camper. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, God. I agree, well, I agree with the system overall because it's going to help with new players overall. New players are more likely to be making a lot of assists instead of getting the kills because they don't got exactly the skills or the stats to uh, overcome some of these other players' um, um, HP values. So it's definitely going to it's step in the right direction to do. FYI, the tank explosions in in Planetside are really really tacky. You mean like the ones that we don't have in Dust? 
Um, dust looks more realistic. Uh, no matter you, how much time sorry, you were uh, trying to stick up the dust, you can see that the dust design is showing its age compared to the Planetsar 2, sadly. It's showing its age. It needs to get changed to Legion. Hurry up, I want Legion. Alrighty. Um, so, let's... Any, anything else on the uh, the reworking of the kills, the assists, and the deaths, and all that kind of jazz? I mean, that That is no, no shit, though. That, that's actually a... Um, it sounds like a neat idea. I'm just... I'm not sure... That I would want to put, I would advocate for dev time to go on that versus exactly. a lot of other things right now. Does that make sense? It, yeah, exactly. If it turns, if somebody dips into the code and it's like, oh my goodness, this would be a nightmare. Then no, no, it wouldn't be worthwhile doing. But if it was something that was relatively simple to do and improved uh, systems, uh, like you know the uh, keep what you kill sub, you know subsystem and stuff like that, then I could see it actually providing value. I think you would need to dovetail and work with another systems another system that is being introduced into the game for it to actually be warranted to be worked on, not in a vacuum. Okay. All right. No, I'll tell about that. So um, let's bridge over to kind of our next segment, which is kind of the, you know, I guess the topic du jour right now is uh, war barging in dust. Um, now I, the way I am reading a lot of these posts right now, which are, you know, there's some good. There's a couple good media ones, but it's very. Um, um, it, there's there's a lot of speculative commenting. What some of which is very good, by the way, from the community on what war barges, war barges are, what they how they should work, and what do they touch, and all this kind of stuff. Um, but they are very much the heart of the new PC. Now, what I would like to do is not delve into a master's thesis on PC because uh, we've we've crushed that one. And until we get something, I think more concrete from uh, like a, an actual iteration, like a, a feedback iteration from CCP, I'd like to kind of stay away from that as much as we can, but just the war barge itself and what it can offer the player is kind of what I wanted to structure the conversation on. So I, I'm going to open this up to you guys. Cause I, I think some of you have put a little bit more, definitely some more work into this than I have. Uh, like I know like pokey and Kane have been really looking into this quite a bit. I think iron wolf you as well, but, um, my first question, and I'm going to I'm going to pose this as a series of questions to you guys. Um, does the war barge matter to the player if they don't play PC? And I'll I'll leave that one open first. Short, yes. Yeah, definitely. From from the way Rotati's uh, talked about it, um, the heck, the first phase of the war barge, I don't think really has any direct impacts on planetary conquest. It's all directly on individual mercenaries. Okay. Um, so, any benefits or additive the additive nature of the war barge would be regard just your your normal operations in either pubs, fac, war, PC. Okay. Um, got it. That was a that was a good question. Now, I guess my question is: there's there, this is one of the parts where there's been a lot of discussion. How do you get a war barge? Does everybody start with one? Do you have to earn one? How does this work? As CCP Vertetti answered, everyone gets one. Hmm. Okay. So they're just they're just free. They just you just have one. Yeah, yes. but it's gonna it's gonna start at level one and it's gonna be crappy. <laughs> Essentially, from what I'm yeah, from, I don't, re, yeah, from reading that's... into it though, is instead of having the merc quarters, you have a war barge. Now the thing is, everyone's hung. I think everyone's really hung up on the old concept of a war barge, especially if you look at the 2009 trailers and stuff like that, where you have something that's the size of a titan. You know. And from what Ritati, where Ritati's coming from it, from on this perspective, on this uh, the situation, it really seems like it's a much smaller ship. It's like a like a shuttle, essentially. 
Um, but it's just using the same nomenclature. Uh, that's why we're getting mercenary barges now. And then later on, there's talks about like the war barge flotilla or the corporation war barge. Um, I think some of the lore aspects are getting people really hung up because of how long we've been thinking about war barges being these super crazy, huge, um, uh, monolithic kind of vessels. Well, I don't know the name of the map, but the map where it's kind of a square map with the construction site with the ship that's being built standing upright in the middle, that's supposed to be a war barge, right? No. Almost. No. No, it's not? Oh, okay. No. Cool. From what I was hearing, it was I thought it was supposed to be a war barge. That is closer to a rocket than it is anything yeah. else. Ashland you know, is like a rocket to launch. Like I always thought it was based on the PI structure, because um, there's a PI structure in EVE, which looks like a rocket launch pad. For um, you, shooting resources a, up to orbit, I don't know. like cruiser, like a, it looks like a, a stabber, like a Mimitar stabber. You know, if you think about it, though, if it, in line with uh, kind of what Rotati is saying, though, about barges being a small personal thing to start off with, I mean, who's to say that that's not what your barge, something of that size, which is bigger than an MCC, maybe that's how big your barge starts off with. You that's know? what I was getting at. Is the size looked appropriate? Well, in theory, it would your war barge would be carrying MCCs at some point, or at least like the later, the, the bigger versions of the war barges would. Well, yeah, the corporate ones, sure, are the ones that carry the MCCs. Okay, but it well, seems let me. I just but before I go into it, because I can nerd out with some lore tangents like a champion if, so, I, if I'm not careful. But I, I do just, have a question. Oh, I'm sorry, Gizel, go ahead. Yeah, um, I just finished um, the tutorial, and it gives you a, a literal survey in the middle of the screen. There's like a four-question survey to determine what your starter stuff is. It's kind of odd. It's, it's a, it's a multiple-choice question survey. I did not like that when they introduced it because it gave me something already unlocked, and I was really upset. Also, the stuff it gave me had nothing to do with the answers I gave it. So it's so what you're saying is it gives you stuff and there's yeah, interaction. I, I okay. got a mechanized assault exosuit max. Apparently, I have no idea what that is. It doesn't tell you what it is. It just gives two. It's an MTAC. I, I think that means that you're risk averse and you need a lot of HP and you don't have a good gun game. Is that is that kind of what your survey said? That that might be true. Okay. What, what was the first question? Was the first question? Did you die in the tutorial? <laughs> there, there's nothing that shot you in the tutorial. It's a completely <laughs> passive tutorial. You didn't duck fast enough and hit that low-hanging bar. Yeah, I know, right? I, you know, it's. I, no, it was. I, but I, I got it because I, I did say I wanted to do a lot of damage to vehicles and that I liked versatility and a few other things. And it's like, okay, whatever. Okay. All right. So, Sedgeway complete. Um. So I guess I want to go back to the, like, I'm serious. I could go into the, a huge, you know, lorgasm over all this stuff, uh, which I can easily do, but uh, I did want to get back to a fundamental question. Like, is it a good idea to give every player from jump street, a quote unquote uh, war barge, or is it something that they, they should skill into? You know, I think that's fine to start off with, the, with, especially with what they're talking about, you know, having to build platforms onto the barge. I mean, it's, uh, you're essentially giving a player an empty shell to then go and do stuff with. So it's not like you're giving them a Cadillac, you know, right off the bat. You're giving them, like, you know, this you know, crappy POS that they need to, you know, buff up and, you know, fix the suspension and all that kind of stuff. No, I'm just I'm just kind of thinking that I, I hear so many people griping about how hard it is to for new players to grasp things like drop suits. Uh, and then we're going to add 
you know, war barges on top of all this yet. There's fundamentally not really going to be any updates to the new player experience, i.e. like, I don't know, a tutorial, um, unless there's some shit going on that I don't know about, which is you know, very likely. But I, I guess, and there's, there's, there's a little bit, there's a small part of me where, where it's like, I, I kind of, I kind of would like it to earn it a little bit. And I don't mean the threshold has to be particularly high either, uh, you know, far, and actually I think it should be fairly low, but I think it, you should stick around in the game long enough to understand enough of the game before you start dropping war barges on, you know, like no, no pun intended there, but handed somebody some shit like a war barge. My notion is that it like, I kind of want to say, I agree that you should have some sort of minimum bar to maybe save up and buy the barge at the beginning. But the the thing the one issue there is there is a few bonuses involved in in the war barge system as it's currently defined that um, probably you know they provide advantages and and I would not want new players to be gated out from them um, because it would add to the amount of disadvantage new players already have. And it seems like the war barge until it's upgraded is pretty useless. I mean you've you've got to actually you know, work towards these upgrades to get any kind of real value out of it. So, I mean, yeah, you're giving everybody a war barge, but, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to do anything special with it until they start, you know, putting some upgrades into it. Are, are there, do, you, do you know if there's any hint that they may, like, um, give you, like, retroactive credit, kind of like they, the way they did with the, uh, like, the rank structure? No, there will not be. Oh, that's kind of, that's kind of bullshit. <laughs> Well, the, uh, a couple of things with it is it's not exactly passive like our skill tree is, where you can just like go away for a month and come back to two million skill points. Um, the war barge um, components still fill up and they'll stay filled up until you empty them. So you the, you actually have to actually try to um, maintain these things, um, run these things, and um, upgrade these things, at, and it's part of active gameplay and progression. Sounds like we're tied to play some Warframe. Yeah, I've died twice now. I killed one guy though. You've been okay. playing for like 45 seconds. So, okay. All right, go ahead, Pokey. No, I was just saying that the, the, the War Barge, in a way, sounds similar to kind of the new new player experience that it in Warframe, where you get a, a little ship and you have to do things to upgrade it to unlock systems and get bonuses and whatnot. So it just, it, it sounds very similar. Not that I dislike it, it's just, it, it does sound very similar. Okay. All right, I'm all good. Give it as a way to uh, keep the player invested into the game. Oh, I've got a ship in Eve, in Eve space. I can fly around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eve pilot B, yo, gangster. (laughs) Yeah, now that that actually brings up a good question. So these things are like not actually ships, right? These are just, it's like your Merc quarters is now like just, it's like inside your own ship. It's not like inside a station, right? And that's really the only difference the player sees. Well, technically, you're still in the station. Uh, okay, I thought I thought somebody just a minute ago said that instead of being in Merc quarters, you're in your war barge. Well, I mean, I, 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 think, I don't think the local channels are changing. So, I mean, I guess in the, you can't really see a station, technically. So I'm going to be floating outside the station in my war barge. Space is going to get very crowded. I wish. Yeah, but, and these aren't real ships in EVE, right? These are just like yep. just dust made up shit, right? Yeah, for the time being, yes. Oh, for now. So there's like plans for them to be like for realsies? I don't, I wouldn't call them plans, but it's more like the potential. We we have like, I, I could go on for like hours, but all the cool things I think they could do to build the like the war barge system into various things down the road. Okay. So 
um, real quick, we're going to play a, a game. Um, Iron Wolf oh and let's see, Iron Wolf and SMB and Soraya are not allowed to speak for the next 30 seconds. Bam. Can you name me the date that you think Dust actually slayed Legion or Legion failed and now they're hanging their hat back on Dust? Pick your date. Uh, Legion failed on the 12th of September 2014 when they realized they made a colossal fuck up from uh, launching it or saying it wouldn't uh, happen in uh, FanFest. Okay, fair enough. I believe uh, Legion's coming to the PS4. That's my tinfoil hat theory. It's not coming to the PC. They are going to launch it. A case in point is a game called Loadout. Uh, it's been going on the PlayStation 4 for about a month, month and a half now. It's got 250,000 downloads with an active daily player base, not monthly, day place, player day, whatever, I'm drinking, sorry, of 180,000 people. Dust has 300,000, according to CCP, monthly. So putting on the PS4 is a good, clever move. Okay. Kane but Sparrow. that's my crazy opinion. No, no, that's fair. Kane Sparrow, can you please pick me your, your date for the betting pool that... That Legion died and Dust is is now a thing again. He's thinking. Pokey, your turn. Uh, I don't remember the exact date, but the day that Rattati released the Quaif suits and CCP realized that Dust could actually make money again. Fair enough. Okay. Kenny, you back? He's not back. Okay, I'll pick my date. Um, I think it was the date that the roadmap was released to the general public on Dust. That looked strikingly similar to many of the things that we were told we were going to have like a year prior. Okay, all right, CPMs, you can now you can now unmute yourself. Okay, so next thing about war barges, there's a lot of talk about modules and platforms and things you can upgrade and do do stuff with as a player to I guess kind of customize the benefits of the war barge to you. Um, can you guys like just generally whoever knows because I'm not really sure. If there's anyone given expert on any of this right now, um, generally, what kind of things are they looking at for you to be able to upgrade or do uh, with your war barge? How is it going to help you? Oh boy, the list the list of potentials were just freakishly massive, more massive than their te- uh, current oh, technical capabilities. Well, let's were. let's keep it to the I, I guess what we deem as the most likely. Uh, and I know that's kind of a stretch, I, I, and I know that we're really taking a, a, a wild guess at it, but what do we think is the most likely things that we're, that the players will end up seeing over the next couple, three months? Uh, definitely things that will affect the end-of-game payouts and currencies will be the most prominent features for the time being. But as um, as we continue to explore the technical um, capabilities of the War Barge, uh, do you expect uh, future things such as crafting to be put into the works? Okay. So we're looking at ways of increasing LP, increasing ISK. Um, all right, and you, anything else? I mean, what 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 can they do? Because we we don't have a lot to work with in Dust right now. So what what other things might they be able to do? Like in-game benefit, maybe. Uh, that has been the touchy subject um, that we're we cautioned against because, um, like I said, if you put an in-game benefit such as plus damage. That'll be the thing that every player wants to go hit up first, and they're going to outlevel that as soon as possible. And that's also possibly causing a gap widener, which is why um, we're, we're trying to push for HP instead, since that will be more beneficial for a new player to have. Um, but there's just there's there are a whole bunch of potentials we could do for in-game um, game, in-game benefits, but that is like a really touchy subject. We got to be really careful around that. One of the yeah. benefits. One of no, the benefits ahead. that Rattati mentioned uh, that I guess they're exploring, and he mentioned it in his thread uh, that he put out, was 
um, the possibility of an increased uh, number of fittings, which I, I can tell you, I'm very excited about. I'm, you know, someone who's got like 10 suits protoed out. I, I play in multiple um, classes, you know, mostly Lodgy still, but I've got a ton of Lodgy suits. I mean, I, I'm right up to that 30 mark already. So, and all the time I'm, I'm either erasing something and adding something new because I come up with some some new idea for a fitting that I really want to have and I got to drop one, uh, you know, in its place. So, um, you know, to be able to increase the number of fittings, I think would be a, a really cool perk uh, that, that results from your, you know, war barge upgrades. And stop telling people it's lame. <laughs> I don't know, but I, one thing I've heard on the forums, though, and I think it does, it's kind of a little bit warranted, is that something that really should be gated by a gameplay mechanic, or that should be just a general quality of life improvement by allowing people to have more fittings? Well, the thing is, though, by the time you actually get to that point as a player to game, you should already be in this point with the war barge in terms of progression. So hopefully the two, uh, two together will vibe with each other instead of all, um, as it is currently, we're stuck with our current max fittings. And yeah, I kind of, I kind of lean lean towards the the idea that can't like I don't know that this is something that is war barge worthy. That's I would just like to be to I mean, because basically what you're doing is it's I mean, if you think about it, it's it's a big spreadsheet in your in your freaking laptop in space where it's like, here's my fittings. Please order this or please do X. Uh, I, I I'm not sure that it's something that I I, I think is significant enough that should be hung to a war barge module i think it should be just like I said a quality of life improvement does that, does that kind of make sense well only as the doc design document states it says um this plus something else because they're not going to try to ship it with itself apparently and i have to agree just by itself is rather a little lame so i would like to see something else mixed into it maybe an armor hp plus something who knows okay all right so j just generally in reference uh in-game mechanics uh yeah, or the in-game benefit of having a war barge. When I say in-game, I mean specifically in a match. Um, and and I do I do appreciate the fact that Rotati did mention very specifically that he is sensitive to the concerns about it, and that you know they're definitely taking a hard look at it. Uh, but I, I think it's one of those where I, I hear enough people griping and bitching about the passive bonuses that you get from SP investment. And just the skill tree, as hosed as the skill tree is now, um, and then stacking something else onto it, and it's it just I don't know. It's just one of those I'm I'm not I'm just not comfortable with right now. I'd really have to hear hear more before I kind of, I, you know, I kind of sold myself on that one. Is that you know is that kind of fair? It's really a slippery slope. I mean, if the if the bonuses are really small, then you know. It's like, okay, so what? And then, but if they're really, you know, if they're significant, do you start getting into an issue of, okay, well, we now have another veteran over new player uh, advantage? Well, there's, gained. I mean, this is very, it, there's, there's no, there's no mechanic that you put into the, well, there's, with, within, without some extreme exceptions, there's not many mechanics you're going to be able to introduce into a game that won't benefit veterans more than new players. That's, that's just kind of the reality of it. Yes. So, um, quick update here. Um, as a new player, I'm able to successfully kill vehicles, which is kind of nice. Um, and uh, while I was getting farmed and revived a fair bit by like uh, kind of a, a cluster of crud, um, the revive actually has an accept reject button, and I give them credit for that because I've been asking for that in Dust since forever. And you don't get a kill, uh, and only that um, either it heals a kill, like if you get revived, you get a kill scrubbed off your records, and or it doesn't actually count until you 
spawn again. One or the other, I'm not sure which. Hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, we've been, we've been campaigning on that one for, for a bit. Okay. Yeah, I had high hopes for the revive function that uh, we most recently got, but I got to tell you, I think the, the community is so shell-shocked over the... You know, the, the very long period we had of people getting picked up with garbage needles and being farmed that uh, they don't trust anybody even with good needles now. So we do need we do, we do need the accept uh, revive function, I think, uh, at this point. Oh, yeah, accept a revive would be great, but at the same time... They can time, jump out of vehicles and insta-kill me, though, so, you know, I don't know how, how great that is. To be kind of like dust. Okay. Um, actually, to your point, though, SMB, I, I, would, I think they did a great thing to make the needles better, but... I, I rarely run a needle anymore just because nobody ever asked for a revive. Exactly. It's horrible. The, the prompt the prompt is really what needs to change. Right now it says stand by for triage, right? It needs to be call for help, you know, call for help. You know, it needs to be a you need to actively do something to get the help. Because right now it's like, hey, wait up, help's gonna come and get you. You know, and so people don't always one of the things tricks I do is I run at somebody's downed body and then I'll run away from it. So they think I'm abandoning them and then sure enough, they'll hit X. Yeah. I don't, I just, I really wish they would, it, I, I don't know how hard it is to put in, but like having an accept button would be oh, kind of cool. It'd be, it'd be way better. Accept a revive would be significantly better. Well, not only that, very but much. I, agree. I would also, I would even go you one step further and, and this, you know, this is probably one that's debatable, but if I go through the trouble of going over there and giving you the, uh, you know, the freaking, you know, heart shank with the, the big needle, I should get like some points, whether you accept it or not. Yeah, I like, could agree with that. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be a lot. I'm literally thinking like, you know, like 10, 15 points, you know, whatever, but, uh, which is pretty paltry considering what you could for, do with like a wear It's worthwhile for, being for for participating as part of the team for at least trying and if they accept it then that should be even better yeah i'll buy that um okay. and again i think the other thing is in addition to needing a revive accept reject you have to actually not count against you, you can't count revived you know times you were brought back up as a kill against you because you weren't killed you were downed and i would agree with that it, it is an incentive to properly play the game to not count it against you. Yeah, the funny part about that is the effect it will have on um, like really competitive KDR mongers. Is it suddenly? Yeah, they'll have to actually play right? like for Logi and stuff. It's it's absolutely. I think it's a no brainer feature. Um, but uh, you know, we haven't really made any success on that. Okay, so as I as I steer the ship back to the to the war bargery, I have one last question on. Well, two last questions. I'll start the first one. So. Is it possible to have a war barge-like effect? Because we have war barge strikes. Can they do things for you, like adjust the strikes that you can bring in game, perhaps? Um, would that? Because that, to me, if there was going to be an in-game effect, I would vastly prefer it to be something like that versus like a, you know, like you get to carry ten percent extra ammo or you do five percent more, like general damage or some craziness like that. I would, I would really prefer it to be associated with something that happens in the war barge screen, uh, like in the map screen or whatever, like you get other options or, or something. Is that fast? Is that possible? Well, like a faster RDV or something. I've heard that. No, yeah. Yeah, Now you're just soaking up with Godin. But uh, what I mean is um, like certain kinds of strikes are only accessible when you upgrade your, like you, you, you can upgrade the type of war barge strikes that you deliver onto, into a game, or perhaps instead of just a raw strike, you can do like the super scan, like you scan the yeah. app, you know, that kind of stuff. 
that actually reminds me a lot of the uh, the options that leadership had in Mag for for things they could do. Like a sensor suite was one thing where it basically scanned the entire map, and so you'd get like a short you know snapshot of what was going on, and have that be tied to the war barge. Maybe even something you could spend your war points on, and, and you could upgrade it with your war barge to to make that effect stronger or something like that. I think that'd be pretty legit. Non kill option. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just like so, like ways you can support, like you know, a, a, like a sensor sweep scan or, or something like that. That's a little a little different than you can modify, like Jason said, with you know, upgrading that particular sensor package on your war barge to make it, you know, have a, a longer duration or a, a better precision or something like that. I, I'd much prefer that over you know, here's bonus damage that you can get and everyone will get because you know why not. Yeah, I would. Uh, th- that's just like I said. It was something that if we already we already pull in more barge strikes, so that to me seems like the most logical tie-in to an in-game effect that the war barge can can deliver you. Uh, it, I, like I said, just going out on a limb with that one. Um, so my last question about the war barges, which kind of opens up into you know, I was joking about it earlier. There's uh, there was the a separate thread that. Uh, basically stated that specialist weapons will be relegated purely to the to the LP store, and then there was I want to I think they called them overcharged weapons or overcharged gear or something like that would be something that you could produce out of the war barge, which sounds somewhere between that it fits I'm not sure if it fits in between proto and officer or if it's a side grade or an improvement over officer gear. Can you guys shed a little bit of light on that? Well, technically, uh, technically both of them would be. Um... I guess better than proto like this. The specialist gear in um, Fakwar is um, it's proto stats with better fitting, I believe. So sure. that would you know they're better in that they don't tax your fitting as as much, but provide the same amount of power. Um, whereas um, overcharged would be, I think, I think higher stats slightly. Yeah, the, the experimental weapons. Uh, he he clarified and said that they have they're slightly better than proto, as in like three percent damage. Uh, I think it's a ten percent uh, larger magazine and ammo carry capacity, and like ten percent faster reload. So they're they're slightly better, but they are they are officer indeed between, weapons will still spank them. Yeah, mm. officers still overpowered, but they're between prototype and officer in terms of uh, power levels. Okay. Um, so is it only weapons we're talking about or are we talking about other modules and drop suits that, cause like the rifles and all are great, but can I get like a fucking overcharged chick skin reptile maybe? Uh, for, I'm going to start with weapons first, but I'm pretty sure if we push hard enough, we can get equipment added in uh, shortly afterwards. When you, yeah. when we, when I hear the word overcharge, it, uh, it makes me think of like an option that you could have with, with your, you know, your war barge support, like, uh, Jason, you, did you see the Avengers? I, I know this is kind of a tangent, yeah, but no, absolutely. You know, when, uh, like Iron Man and Thor are fighting and Thor blasts them with the, uh, the lightning and all of a sudden Iron Man suits more powerful than it was before by like yeah. a margin of 200 or 400%, whatever it was. I think a cool war barge strike would be like an overcharge on your HP, like through your shielding. Like you could drop that on your squad. So instead of it being like a offensive strike, it's like a bolstering of your defenses that you drop on uh, yourself. Yeah, and you cool. could go out and fight guys with uh, enhanced HP for a short period of time. I think something like that would be that really would be actually pretty legit. That's what you're basically describing is almost like cap transfer in Eve, kinda. Because when you do cap transfer chains in Eve. You can actually, if you do them right, you can actually gain more cap than you're transferring, if that makes sense. So I, I could kind of see, you know, a linkage there where, and they would maybe perhaps 
you know, work like active modules and stuff like that, which by the way, like that, that's one thing I really wish they would figure out how to do is put active modules on drop suits, you know, like other than the cloak, by the way, just active modules in general. Um, but that would actually be pretty, pretty cool where you, you, you know, you hit the gap, you hit the, the overdrive button and then suddenly you can get general different, different types of suit, you know, suit bonuses. I could see a lot of different gameplay, uh, strategies coming off on that. You know, you could let your mind run run free with it, but the initial part of a match, you you overdrive the uh, like the Meyer fibrils and the uh, like the actual musculature of the suits, where you're moving faster, so you can get to the initial points faster, things like that. Or perhaps you're you overcharge everybody's shields, you know, something like that, deeper into the match. Or for the final push, it's like sensor you know everybody's passive sensor gains x percentage or something like that even if you don't even if you're not going to use a uh, like a a sensor sweep or something from your war barge there's a lot of different options i think that you could um that you could bring into play if you if you would go to almost like a warfare link if you are you, I don't know if you're familiar with that neve warfare links my uh, eve knowledge is uh, pretty basic so honest. So Warfare Link, and this is where I do my own little rabbit hole. You outright here. cannot see Cloakies, or at least couldn't in this one. I was staring right at him when he de- when he just appeared out of nowhere. Okay, so no change for me. Carry on. No, um, a lot worse than well, a lot worse <laughs> than Dust. Sure. So uh, in Eve, the uh, they've got these things called Warfare Links, which I have been a huge proponent of wanting a command suit in Eve. But basically, what they do is they provide these type of bonuses that you're describing SMB, and this is this is how it works in Eve. Now they're they're they can be quite powerful, and you can stack several of them in Eve if you're if you kind of know what you're doing and you have the right skills trained. Um, but that's kind of what you're describing is maybe a warfare link like system that's inherent to the war barge. If they're not going to have a command drop suit, which I would I would really prefer, if they're not going to do that, then I would really like to see some mechanic like that brought into the war barges as an in match advantage uh, that's more team focused and not just based on an individual so that way it's not about an individual getting a bonus it's it's literally about a a, uh, you know like a squad or perhaps a you know the full team getting a bonus something like that yeah i think it would be cool i think ratatati needs to go play battlefield 4 for fully fleshed out uh squad bonuses uh commander bonuses and so on and so forth he might learn a thing or two about it there actually i'm pretty sure ratati actually does play battlefield 4 he mentioned playing it over christmas in fact well, then that's where he's getting his ideas from, because that's pretty well flushed out. The squad bonuses you get from Battlefield 4, each member in your squad fits a different perk, which means your entire squad is granted all those perks. So additional explosives, additional HP, an additional defensive bonus, uh, additional uh, cloakiness as well with uh, tugs and stuff, I guess. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. If this is where Dust is going, hallelujah. He's seen the light. Hmm. Okay, so it's not like just the squad leader has the bonuses. It's like any, like if you've skilled up, for, is it like a skill or that you have to fit, or is it like a piece it's, of equipment? Or it's something? each each um, class is a sniper, engineer, medic, and support. Each uh, class has its own specific uh, bonus oh, that you can unlock. Okay. But then you can then say the medic takes an additional uh, regen or revive bonus. Then everyone gets the bonus uh the support guard takes additional heavy ammo bonus um everyone gets extra ammo uh the engineer takes the extra rockets bonus which means everyone gets extra explosives 
the sniper then takes the bonus to the squad that gives you um, less visibility to when you get spotted because in Battlefield 4 you get spotted. So the spot doesn't last for five seconds and it lasts for one second. So you become more incognito than what you already were. This is uh, making me happy. Dust is yay. That's actually pretty cool. Um, the the way it works like that. I, I, I was like I said, I've not played Battlefield Four, so I was not aware of that. But I've long been a a, bon- a fan of having some kind of uh, shared in game bonus. I, I, like like I said, I think my 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 re- true preference would really be to have a command suit that gives you certain perks as you skill into the suit and you know that kind of jazz. But if that's not you know, th- there's a lot of other ways to skin that cat then. Well, yeah, there's plenty of ways to skin that cat. Uh, case in point, if the commander of the game wants an objective taken so he can get a perk to drop a tank or drop a cruise missile on an objective to then clear it for everybody else, the team that have to work for that objective gain it. He then gets the perk for a cruise missile. This is in Battlefield 4, though. And then um, he then drops onto another position. The team catch that. The, t- the commander then drops an ATV, uh, a resupply ammo pack, a tank, squad. Yeah, yeah, very, very nice. I like it. Okay. Um, okay. So, any other random thoughts about war bargery or any of that kind of stuff, guys? Well, I think the the big thing that we haven't really touched on is the fact that the barges themselves can actually uh, are looks like they're going to be becoming the manufacturing base for dust um, with the labs and stuff like that. I mean, it seems like you you'll be able to make suits every you know from basic all the way up to um, officer, depending on what you put into it and all that kind of things. So, um, I mean, it could actually open up a completely new dynamic of actually how to play the game and how to make ISK and all this sort of stuff. Because you ha- could have people that just go around and manufacture items and sell them to people. Uh, one example that Retidy posted was um, building your own officer weapons, which would involve taking an officer weapon you don't like. For example, let's say you're skilled in assault rifles, and you get a Gaston's uh, officer forge gun instead. So you take a prototype assault rifle, some scrap, and the officer forge gun, and you mix that together, and you get um, assault rifle um, officer weapons instead. So, kind of your your standard uh, your standard crafting of like blue mushrooms, red mushrooms, and fucking yellow diamonds equals like a plus five sort of ass whipping or something like that, right? Well, in that case, it's more of a reroll of a um, weapon into something you more are more likely to use instead of um, just random shit. You're killing me. You take you take my random sarcastic comment, and then you go all serious on it. You're gonna have to work with you on that. Um, okay. No, I, I actually I did catch that. That does sound actually pretty cool. I, I'm kind of curious to see how much controls or granularity they give the players in terms of what they can build or what they can make. I, like, I would love to be able, to, you know, to to tweak stuff like on the weapons, like you know, more rate of fire, less you know, less damage or you know whatever. But I, I don't think that's. I think they're talking about just. Um, creating existing things, not tweaking individual stats per weapon, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's what it sounds like for the time being, but who knows where it can go after we get some, somewhere with it. Yep. No, I think that's I think that's pretty fair. So I'm moving with about 30 people somewhere, which is, I suppose, an, a notable thing that there's 30 people here that I'm, are on my team. Um, but I have no idea what, what we're doing. Are you on comms with them? No. That's probably why you have no idea. I'm, I'm not being I'm not being facetious. I'm I'm dead serious. I mean that's like like in, in a game where there was, you know where there's more than like you, you having a having some sort of communications platform is probably kind of kind of critical. 
Come on, Zal, you play Dust. You should know it's a team-based game. You I'm should be on comps, Defender comps with them, Zal. Come on, man. <laughs> what are you saying, Zal? <laughs> oh, I said I'm, I'm actually seeing a Defend Order now, though. We're nowhere oh, near okay. it, though, so I don't know if maybe that's where we're headed. That, that, that's, that is NPC-generated. Oh, that's the game trying to help you figure out where to go? Yeah, oh, they, they, they call it their mission system. Oh, okay. All right. No, that's that's cool. Um, let's see. So at this point, we're going to go open mic. So whatever you guys want to talk about, like whatever random scrolls you want to bring up, we've got a little bit of time that we can uh, we can do this while Zell continues to get owned in uh, uh, planet side. So I will open the floor up, whatever you guys got, uh, since we have, like I said, just kind of an open show tonight. So any topics you guys want to bring up to the table? Well, Something inter- something that's been pretty that interestingly happened this week. There was a lot of uh, the reduced squad size thread on the forums took up kind of lit on fire and ended up with Ratati posting some stuff um, talking about squad sizes, team deploy, and a whole bunch of other stuff, including changing faction warfare down the line as well. Perfect. So SMB, can you regale us of what the future is for squad size? Team deploy and team deploy and I don't maybe team deploy. Well, you know, I'm not exactly super excited about the prospect of us dropping back uh, in squad size from six to four, but the winds of change are blowing and it appears that there is a lot of support in the community um, to, to sort of go that direction, to go back down to four. Now, the reason for that is it is it supposedly – um, would improve matchmaking, make it easier for uh, groups of four to be properly um, put against each other in matches, thereby making it uh, a better experience for new guys, for solo players, and so on. Um, now, the flip side to that is um, if we were to go to four-man squads, apparently that will also make it more likely for us to perhaps realize, finally, um, larger groupings, eight people 16 people of course being ideal at some point a full team deploy uh, persistent perpetual team deploy in some game mode now it looks like faction warfare is the the game mode that seems to be uh, the target for that um, at least that's where most of the discussions have uh, been taking place is, is relating that to faction warfare um, but again i'm not um, 100% pleased with that idea. I think it, it, it probably should happen if this is what the community wants. And I think that that's a good first step, but, um, I think ultimately what we really need for larger groupings of eight and 16 players is not only faction warfare for there to be team deployed, but there, there needs to be an opportunity for those larger groupings of players to also still enjoy ambush matches and Dom matches and all of that. So while I'm okay with us moving forward, uh, with a plan that knocks pub uh, squads down to four and opens up faction warfare to larger groupings of eight and 16. Um, ultimately, I think the long-term solution needs to include um, a way for groupings of eight and 16 to also play all of the game modes that, uh, you know, everyone else can play as well. Dom and ambush. So that's <laughs> where, uh, what, what's that? Court battles. Yeah. Court battles. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if you, I think if you could figure out a way to um, have a separate pub um, deploy system for larger groupings, you could essentially have your court battles. I mean, I don't know if you're going to have the UI necessarily. Um, that's nice and clean, but 
if you could get these larger groupings to QSync and channels and and be able to have, you know, a full team deploy ambush match or team deploy DOM match or, or whatever, I think that would be awesome. But, um, you know, I think that's where the discussion is right now, Jason. And, and, and while there are some people who are saying, you know, don't change squads, this is this is one of the, you know, the ways that I hang out with my buddies and we have a great time. Um, it does it does seem at this moment that the majority opinion, at least that I'm gathering from the forums, and there might be a silent majority out there. I don't know. Um, but it does seem that uh, there is a lot of support uh, for the four-man squads right now. So, Well, I, I think something that's important, though, is if you move to have protected play, as so to speak, in pubs with four-man squads, you, you really need the other side of the coin, which is... Um, something like you know faction warfare and PC easier ways for eight pe- groups of eight and groups of sixteen and so on and so forth maybe made up of these components of four to get into matches together absolutely um, the only concern I have with the more the more places you allow people to get group be have large groups the 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 smaller those pools are so like if you get everybody to all get together if they're going to play in large groups together then it's going to make the matchmaking a bit better but at the same time I don't know like it's got to you have to have both like i don't want to see people get protected in pubs from large groups and then all of a sudden we get protected from faction warfare from large groups i think that would be terrible like all of a sudden you say oh oh i'm sorry but this eight-man group you you're too organized you can't organize against other people in faction warfare when you have that avenue already in place with these reduced squad sizes that may or may not happen in pubs yeah, that's not only terrible, it would be unacceptable in my opinion. I think yeah. Faction Warfare needs to be the wild, wild west of Dust 514. I mean, we've got PC. Everybody knows that that's really harsh too. But Faction Warfare needs to be a place where where there's some meta driving the outcomes of those matches. And if you constantly um, have a governor on Faction Warfare that makes it so that any sort of large grouping, like if you put a platoon out into a match where you know, any kind of like large deployment of eight or 16 and if they're always going to be matched perfectly against another equal opponent then then essentially what you're saying is putting these teams together doesn't really mean anything because the power that you're trying to create through numbers is being negated by a matchmaking scheme so um you need to make it so that these alliances and these corps who go into faction warfare are potentially giving themselves an advantage by doing so and aren't going to be put in some sort of matchmaking loop where they only face people that are of equal strength. And for the solo players and for the weaker players that go into faction warfare, they need to understand that if they don't like the harshness of faction warfare, if they don't like that ultra competitive, difficult play, then pubs offer them all that they could ever want in terms of, um, you know, limitations on, on what they might face. So my concern is that we rec- recognize there's a difference between difficult slash challenging play and creating a game environment where it is simply a smash that a certain team is assured victory by the fact of the matchmaking system built putting them together. That's the problem with saying you should be completely open and not try to balance things when you're talking about a game where the game is putting teams together because the game doesn't give you an avenue to deal with the fact that you're over that you're um at you know a disadvantage the game if without any sort of protections the game puts you at a terrible disadvantage where there's not even a way to have a fun gameplay experience there's no point in that game existing and yet 
it's there's nothing you can do about it. And that's but, that's the difference between Dust and Eve. Well, see, look, the other thing, but the thing is, though, uh, Faction Warfare already has logic in the matchmaker that prioritizes um, larger groups. So basically, um, squads get slotted in before solo players. That's one of the reasons your queue time for a solo player is longer, because you get pushed to the back of the line, and all those squads are getting put in first. So I think even if you go to uh, 8-man and 16-man deployments in Faction Warfare, um, if there are people on both sides playing in these in those or in that organized fashion, the probability is going to be that those people will end up facing off against each other. Um, I think what Sir Manboy is getting at is you don't you don't say, okay, oh, unless I find a 16-man group, you are not going to play at all. I don't think that's, I don't think that's fair for, that, for, for uh, that organization level in Faction Warfare. I think it needs to be, it's going to try to get you a 16-man group or two 8-man groups or a bunch of four-man squads, but it doesn't have to. Um, I think that's where the rub is. Um, and you know the the with the more organized people getting kind of into the front of the line in terms of the gameplay and how the queue works, and then you know then you have pubs that can work for smaller squads, you know solar players, that sort of thing. I think allowing there to be a dynamic between those two modes will actually allow you to have kind of an escalation of organization and teamwork and so forth that's really been missing from the game. You don't really have that right now. It's just kind of like uh, faction warfare in a lot of ways is pubs. You know, it's just like pub skirmish, except you don't get isk. You get LP instead. Yeah, and I that's mean, something that needs to be fixed. I, I think the biggest problem with Facor is that the way you do rewards could incentivize certain types of play, and they're not doing that. Namely, that you you the rewards for for Facor need to be much much more valuable than pubs, but at the risk reward that you will not get a good payout if you lose so that your better players that are at least fairly confident that they can influence a match to the point of making it a win will have a good reason to do fact war as their primary play style and those who do not who are not able to execute that confidence stick with pubs where they make more money as welfare and i think another thing too is you know i and i get the concerns that Zell has. I think one way to overcome those concerns and cross and I have been sort of working on a proposal. It's been in sort of stasis for a while though, but um, is the idea of making the factional experience like the Alliance or Corp experience where when you join uh, a faction and you would need to have some sort of like loyalty contract system that sort of locks you in, you know, but when you join a faction, it feels like a second home so like you might have your corp and you know the corp might be an alliance and you have your channels for that and that's great and there's relationships that you establish there but there needs to be a way to establish ties um, with your with people in your faction as well so that it allows people to have a way to form ties have these social bonds and more easily find people to team up with in faction warfare as well so um, I would like to see that. I think if you if you had that uh, in in play, I think you would find that we wouldn't be worrying as much about you know the experience of the solo player in faction warfare matches or new guys in faction warfare matches because there would be a framework that would allow them to be more successful or to at least um, have options to go into these matches with with allies that they can talk to and coordinate with and so on. Well, I mean, we so there's. I've got a couple, a couple thoughts on this. Um, one, going back to the just the raw number game, four players, four person squads that 
that I can snap together as modular blocks of like I can take squads of four make platoons of eight equals team of 16 or whatever. I, I like that. It works very cleanly. Um, if, if they had a, if they could honestly add four more players to the match where you could have three, six man squads, I would probably prefer that. Uh, but apparently there's like no way in hell that we could ever add more than, you know, 32 total players to a match, which is, is, is ultimately one of the, one of the biggest limiters to, to, I think the game period right now. Um, so four per, you know, four person squads. Okay. I can kind of work with that as long as, as long as there is the capability of Legoing those four person blocks together. Uh, I think that's awesome. I, I, I will, I will kind of break with SMB on something a little bit. I actually think that you should really, really only be able to do that in fact war in PC to, or, or at least you should not be able to put more than eight guys together. Uh, let me put it that way. So you should be able to form like a, like a, um, I don't know, platoon team, like an, like a two, a two team squad or whatever the hell you want to call this thing. Eight person. It looks like uh, we're farming pubs. their spawn area now. It's not, not appealing. Okay. So you're playing with nine and 10. There's no, yeah, there's no red line. It, there's just kind of like a room that if you, if you manage to, uh, as soon as they step out of the room, they die. Okay. So again, not that much different than us right now. So, um, but I do think that if in the pub, in the pubs specifically, I, I don't think I would go with a full 16 man option. I think, I, I think I would cap it at eight if there, if there's a way to do that, uh, because you do kind of probably want to cater to some people that really do only play solo, I think. Um, and the other thing is, I think you could have a mode, particularly an ambush that is solo only, but I would say that's a mode, not a you know, not just the way ambush is. And again, that's just personal preference, but I'm 100% in agreement that in fact, more particularly being able to snap together a team to play system is, is awesome. And, and what I would kind of offer to Zell on this is it's been said many times to include by that, you know, this is a, a team oriented game. It is a squad oriented game. It is oriented on playing more than more than just with yourself even whether you're playing solo, you're still on a team with 15 other people, whether you, whether you're talking to them or not. So it, to me, it seems like having that team deploy option would be just be another soft driver to get people to socially interact in the game. You don't have to certainly. And, fr and frankly, back um, maybe eight months ago when fact war was really starting, you know, kind of in an upswing, you had very popular channels uh, that you could go to for whatever gal mill, cow mill, amar mill, whatever option that you wanted. And you could squat, you could find easily, you could find enough people to form up a whole team by yourself. I don't think that, I don't think it would be very hard to do that, particularly, you know, when you start looking at that. And then frankly, the root of it, faction warfare, a faction, factions are usually not like one person or like three or four guys. Uh, they are a component of generally something much larger, particularly particularly in the in the vibe that they're going for in a New Eden style faction warfare uh, activity. So I, I like I like the idea, like the thoughts of it. I think it, it would be better than what we have now. Now that being said, I, I you know I like it better than not, than keeping what we have now. What I would really desire though is to have just more people in match. Like like I said. 
three six-man squads would be awesome. Uh, but I don't think that there's any technical way that they can get to that. At least that's what they what they keep telling us. Uh, Jason, let me just clarify well, I mean, my position just really quick, though. I, I I, to, I, he addressed me first. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal the spotlight. I'm gonna give you a minute in a in a moment. I just wanted to say though that it's not just the fact that it's solo players that I'm talking about. It's I'm I'm not worried about solo players. My concerns about team deploy. I'm worried about the overall effect of match experience in it if you put a full team versus a squad. Because what you end up with is even let's say let's say they're even all four man squads. Four four man squads versus one sixteen man team, you already know the outcome. It does it there's no point in the match happening because there's no way for a player to affect that outcome. So Yeah. You should to, not have matches to, where to me to me that's th- tough because there is no point. If you're protected, yeah. if you're protected in pubs, then the gloves come off in faction warfare. I think that's I think that's a fair trade-off. But again, the problem is is that the game is putting you in a no-win situation. The matchmaking is saying you cannot. No, no, no. You are choosing, you are choosing not. to not. You, you're you are choosing not to socialize, not to organize, no, and not to join faction so, warfare no, with a saying, team of your own. So you're, you're saying. Cho- Again, yes. so then you're saying that Facor should be 16 man or or go home. Then why allow people no, who no, are no. not 16 be, to be? Hey guys, organized. can I slip in a comment? Hey, the reason why that's so bad is because four four man squads can't have a fun match versus 16 people. I'm gone now. Oh, that was my hi, point. Lether. And hi, Lether. No, no. The point being that the game is is incorrect it's not okay that the game is not in a state where an in battle four squads versus 16 people even if they're probably going to lose can't have an adequate match experience welcome that's a problem what what do you mean by an adequate match experience i mean like you're pretty much going to get redlined if you're not at the tip top of your game versus someone who is even moderately coordinated in dust then you get steamrolled the game is and and again i go back to so your point would be what my point is that maybe there's there's a flaw in what we're arguing over because it should be a an intrinsic flaw with the game that people realize that four four-man squads can't have a good game versus 16 people as opposed to uh, arguing whether matching those people like that is, right, but I, is I the think, critical it, issue. I think you're also... like. If you look at the way, and Kane actually described this correctly, the way the matchmaking structure works, I think the likelihood of getting one 16-man team versus four four-man squads is exceedingly low. Uh, I mean, that's neither here nor there in some in some way from the perspective that I'm approaching it from, right? Like, okay, it, then how about you describe what you think the situation is? Because right now, I, I don't really hear anybody saying anything that's going to make Dust better. Because I'm kind of getting fucking tired of playing with the same six dudes, you know, and not being able to play with anybody else except for waiting for 24 hours to play in a PC match. I'm certainly not arguing. I, I'm actually... I would argue that, that both the game needs to be improved and that the matchmaking, that the, the grouping would need to be expanded. But this is... Th- this is directly to Zell more so than anyone else, is that the point is not that the match experience suffers because of the numerical scenario that we're presenting. The issue is that there is no way to have a fun game of Dust in that scenario. Dust is a game. This is something that I, I wish CCP would look at, and they would make them want to change the maps. But like Dust is not a game that you can play and get beaten by a barely much of a margin better team and have a fun match. 
there there are very few close games in Dust. And that's something that we should probably all consider a really huge problem. I always have. So yeah, that, that's my comment. Well, I can, I, I do dude, you're, you're totally game, not making any sense, Lisa, I think we had a lot more you're close telling me right after now, they fixed Yeah, but you're telling me right now that you're experiencing not a lot of close close matches. I'm giving you away by being able to put together more than a squad if you should if you choose to increase your probability of getting on an even footing with the people that you claim are stomping so bad. I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not really claiming that there's that. I'm not claiming that there's stompers. I'm not claiming that the and I'm certainly not arguing against bigger match sizes. Um or I'm sorry, bigger grouping sizes. I everybody around knows that I've been a big proponent of, of opening up FACWAR um, to, to larger grouping sizes. I think it's an issue that we dance around, however, and that uh, Zell raises tangentially a point. I don't think it's a good idea I, yeah, but to... I, don't understand I only can point. raise a point if it's tangential to what I was actually trying to say, apparently. No, it's not the case. I, <laughs> no, from I'm my just, perspective, I know. I knew you'd, you'd say that, so, no, and I'm that's fair. Humor. But look, no, I'm with you. You're saying you're saying I, I, you're saying don't, I don't make any sense. Your... I'm saying that there's a meta problem here. That the way matches unfold in Dust promotes redline games. This okay. is one of the reasons that we talk about the redline a lot. This is one of the reasons why people talk about moving and not moving the redline a lot, and that it produces a lot of these echoing problems that that happen with grouping with uh with portioning off parts of gameplay um to to smaller groups i'm, I'm not i'm not following you i, I I'm, I'm not trying to deal with it. i'm really not following I, where you're coming from on this uh, is it all right uh, if i me, jump back in yeah go ahead smb yeah so uh first just let me address just something really quick about what you said jason just yep, to make sure, sure that i'm being understood uh uh in the, the way that i'm intending to so um clearly if the community is saying six man squads are a problem then then eight man squads would be even worse in in a pub setting so i'm only saying that if you are going to have the ability for larger groupings of eight and 16 to play in pubs then they would have to therefore have their own pool to swim in Oh, I see um, what you're yeah, okay. yeah. They would not be in the general population at that point. They couldn't be because if six is a problem, eight and sixteen would be a nightmare. I, so. I actually, th yeah, I honestly actually think you can just leave it to four man squads and pubs and be done with it. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm a dom enthusiast, and and if I'm going to lose my six man squads, I I would hope at some point I'd be able to enjoy the dom experience at least down the road in the long term with a larger group. Now, I'm not well, saying that has to happen right away, well, but to I. Me, I can, can I offer something like the easy solution is then have something other than just skirmish and facts and faction warfare rotation. And and that has been proposed, but there there is a lot of uh, hate against that idea as well. There's a lot really? of people. Yeah. Well, the the downside for like honestly, I would I Dom is not my favorite game mode, but I at think the same Dom time, is the worst game mode. I think they should. Remove it. I would not be completely against Dom being in faction warfare. The only problem I foresee though is let's say Sir Manboy is his guys are really adamant, or let's just say player A is really adamant about getting a Dom right in faction warfare. So they queue up faction warfare match after faction warfare match until they actually get a Dom and play it. That's and then, the problem. Yeah, and, and inversely, you have. Uh, people who only want to play skirmish in faction warfare and are used to playing skirmish, and they, as soon as they see a dom map pop up, they leave. 
Like that would be, that's, that's the problem that I would foresee. And you don't want to, and if you make it a selectable option in faction warfare, the pool is small enough in faction warfare that if you make it selectable, that's going to actually cause even more problems. Yeah. But here's the shocker. Our player count raw is low enough that at some point we, we can't give every player what every player wants. That's, that's the reality. No, but you don't, I remember the days in which you couldn't, actually choose like you could select check you could checkbox different game modes but if the game is the game just holds you for it would force you into let's say i didn't want to play ambush it would force you into ambush even if you didn't select it and you were actually you know a lot of times getting people leaving those matches i just think the leaving match problem would crop up even though yeah you're right i don't think people uh, would be able to step outside themselves enough to be like oh there can only be 40 to 100 matches at any given time throughout the entire population of Dust. I probably should go into this match. I don't think people will make that jump. I think they'll be okay. like, oh, I don't want to play Dom, or I don't want to play Skirm with my 16 guys. My office so, um, Whoop, I'm, hold on. I'm here in uh, among like nine tanks that I think all of the drivers are AFKing because the turret people are seemingly um, hoping to actually shoot something, but none of these vehicles are actually moving. Um, it was, it was pretty fantastic to see like 10 tanks driving through, even though I, I'd be terrified if any actual opponent showed up through that, they would just get face rolled. But, um, now they're all just camping sitting here. I think they're all AFK. It's, it's really, um, okay. Weird. Can we, can we mute Jill, please? Uh, and, hang on. Let me, let me do some traffic control real quick. All right. SMB, you finished then bam, your, your turn. Yeah. Thanks Jason. So, um, to what leader is saying, uh, listen, I think if you go to four-man squads, you're, you're increasing the chances of better matches in pubs. That seems to be the predominant uh, opinion, and that, I think there's a lot of good reasons to believe that that would be the case. But I think with faction warfare, yeah, I get that at first. You know, if you've got teams versus non-teams, there there might be a, a really uh, bad experience that a lot of people are going to have uh, initially early on. But the whole thing about meta is that people need to adjust people need to make sure that doesn't happen again or they maybe just need to leave faction warfare and go back to pubs until they create the social ties and bonds necessary to be more competitive in faction warfare um something besides uh balancing schemes and mechanics needs to dictate outcomes in, in that game mode in my opinion and i don't think um, we're ever going to see that meta driven um uh, sort of gameplay that we want in faction warfare until you until you do take the gloves off but again the 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 um the other side of it is that with pubs going down to four-man squads now a lot of people can enjoy a much better gaming experience so it's uh it's a give and take there um and there's danger sure but i think ultimately it it provides two very unique distinct experiences um that would be um you know clearly uh, something that people would enjoy uh your pub people would enjoy the fact that it's easier it's more casual and the people who want to uh enjoy something a little more competitive a little more team oriented would then go into faction warfare and 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 that would be a good time too so um that's just my response to what to what Lether said Okay. All right, Bam. I think you're all wrong, personally. Um, everyone here is uh, saying what you think people would enjoy. Uh, Jason, you've got a very good point. Um, 
Letha, Letha, Loth, or whatever, has a very bad point, and but you're both right and both wrong, and I personally think you're all wrong. Everyone's just wrong. You can't dictate what other people will find fun. I have come across um, more tanks, drop ships, heavy guns, assault rifle guys running around objectives that I've got no business being around and seen my ass and lost those matches. But because I'm with my six-man team, drunk with my ass or shooting the shit, I have laughed my ass off and had such a great time and lost those matches. You don't have to win a match to have fun. As long as you're having fun playing the game, who gives a flying fuck if you win the game or not? That's the point I'd like to make, and like everyone here to remember that as well. If you're having fun playing a game, so what if you want to lose? It's the yeah. people you experience the game with. No, shut up, you. If you're having fun, you're having fun. Talking about balancing and six-man, four-man squads, whatever CCP does to the game, they're going to do to the game. It's great we're talking about it. But if we're not having fun playing the game, then let's not play it. I turned on dust, and I'm not going to lie here, I turned on dust for the first time today in two weeks. I had an absolutely fucking cracking time. Lost most of my suits, all my proto suits are gone. I lost most of my matches, but I had a great time. But my, my point is that it's it's not a... It, there's nothing wrong with losing, and, and I've had a ton of fun losing matches, but the point is that they were, they were lost because the team failed to deliver, not because the matchmaking failed to match us. Those are fun matches where you actually have a good competitive match, and yeah, you win or lose. That's the point. Is It's not about ensuring you win. It's about ensuring that when you play, you have a chance to win, because there is no point in playing if you have no nothing you can do that might result in a victory. Oh no, I get that. I do get that. A challenging match when you either win by... Uh, one or two points is a great match, and everyone comes like going, fuck me, good match, GG, everybody, you know, well played, you know, I could have done better here, I could have done better, that's great. But at the end of the day, if you're having fun, you're having fun. If people want to protest on and have fun that way, well then, let them, you know. Uh, it, it's either near, here nor there whether you have a four-man or a six-man squad. That's not going to change what Dust is currently. Uh, Most of my matches today, I got protest on I got red lump. That was, uh, what, about 12 matches out of the 30 I played? I had a great time with all them because of the people I enjoyed playing with. Let's not lose sight of that. I'd like to take one more crack at explaining what I what I was actually trying to convey. I don't I think I did sorry, my dear, but whatever no. you have to say, I'm, I'm sold on my part of it. Again, your opinion's your own. My opinion's my own. I, I do appreciate you explaining yours, but you're talking about where I've understood it is that if I win the match, I've had fun. For me, whether I win or lose is not a not a deciding factor. That's, if I had fun. That's or not. actually not. That's that's why I'd like to clarify, um, because I think I've conveyed myself uh, somewhat ineffectively. The point I was trying to make is that matches in dust, to use a term that comes up in Dota, they snowball. Okay, I'm not talking about the matchmaking. I'm talking about stuff that extends into PC. I'm talking about the way battles unfold in dust. Is that the outcomes of matches snowball, okay? It doesn't matter. You can have very evenly matched teams, and often matches snowball because of the way the game is designed from the spawning system, which is very restricted, and it, it, you can be cleared out of areas very quickly and have absolutely no way to, to create a beachhead uh, a second time to the way the maps are designed to where the, uh, the actual... Uh, game modes are designed without secondary objectives and with very, very concentrated tactical objectives. The, the comment I was trying to make as it relates to 
matchmaking to opening up uh, opening up grouping and, and to what Soraya was trying to say is that I think the concern shouldn't be that four four squads of four get matched against 16 and I don't think people lose that match and have a bad time <laughs> I think the bad time part of it is not guaranteed like Bam is saying you can lose and have fun Right now, it's very rare to lose and have fun in Dust because of the way the game plays out to me, and that was the point I was trying to make. Uh, okay, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll try to wrap this one up. The, uh, I, I think I see what you're saying, but and this is just my perspective. I don't see how that matters. How many people, whether you're in a four-man squad or for your solo, or if you, if you got 16 people on your team, it doesn't necessarily, but it informs yeah. that. The scenario. Hold on, and the reason why is because, as we all know, you like we all claim that we want something, you know, something social to, to drive the game. If they in- implemented team deploy tomorrow on Monday, by the following Monday, the number of teams, sixteen person teams that would be entering into faction warfare, would be significantly higher in seven days. And by the end of the first month or even the first two months or whatever, by the time the next patch came out in like six weeks or whatever, it like you, you would have some very organized people running a lot of matches and you would get mostly probably, you know, 12 to 16 man teams with a short squad piling in that that's probably what would end up happening. Uh, And then and basically it would even out to a degree. That's why I don't think it's, I don't think it's a problem. Uh, and the other component of that is, is you're describing greater gameplay mechanics that have an impact on this. Sure. There's about a thousand and one things that are restricting dust right now that the number of players in the team is mildly relevant. But the fact of the matter is, unless you adjust the, you know, you can do whatever you want with payouts, but unless you physically adjust how many people you're allowed to interact with on your own terms, kind of in the three tiers of matches, there's really nothing that separates a pub skirmish, a faction warfare skirmish, and a PC skirmish. The only separating factor really is the amount of people you can you can you can actively socialize with on your own team, win or lose. Um, so that that's just. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna call this one to a close on that one. Uh, I think everybody's got their own perspectives on it. Uh, I'm a big fan of if you're if you're enjoying playing with the people you're playing with, you you're gonna play with them a lot and you'll probably get better. That means you're gonna win more than you lose. But I also know some of the funnest matches I've had were were you know where we lost. Uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed the people I was playing with. So I see it from both sides, uh, and, and I think we'll call it good on that one. Um, in the interest of time, I think we're going to go ahead. What did you start, Jay? What did you start? <laughs> uh, apparently a grease fire, but it totally didn't mean to do that. So um, all i got to say is I'm glad that, that I, at some point, if I have the option to bring in more than a squad of people, whatever that squad size is, I'm happy. So um, I'd like to do a quick round of shout outs, and then we'll uh, wrap this one up. So we're going to go from the bottom all the way to the top this time. So Soraya, won't you give us a... I guess your your thirty second impression of Planetside and oh, a okay. shout out. Yeah, my shout out is to uh, Planetside for giving me something to do during this podcast. Um, other than 
you know, um, stare at my screen and stare at the recording timer and the uh, channel of the Skype. Um, I honestly, it's it's um, it is it is better. Th- I'll say it's better than I, I saw it two years ago. So um, kudos to them for that. Um, I don't. I, I I still don't think I get it. Um, the the perks of this. Um, you know, it's open worldy. Um, I guess. But I'd I'd much rather actually have like a match. But that's just me. Okay. Um, let's see. SMB. Uh, yeah, a couple things. Um, I just wanted to give a shout out to Ratati and his crew for apparently, and you know, I, I unless I'm just wrong, sneaking in that uh, war barge strike meter that they uh, have up now. Uh, you can see how many uh, war points you have, and that definitely helps you make intelligent decisions with your war barge strikes. So that's pretty cool. Um, I, I really dig that. Um, not to continue this discussion on Team Deploy, but I just want to shout out to you Mag Bros, you Team Deploy supporters out there. Now is the time to get on the forums and say your piece. Say that you want this in Dust514. We've been waiting long enough. I think we finally have an opportunity um, to get this in the game. Um, so it's it's time to open your mouths and um, share your thoughts. And I know some of you have not been very vocal on the topic. Uh, the contraband Joes of the world out there who are big supporters, for instance, from the uh, uh, mag days where he was the uh, you know corp leader over there at Pro. Um, I, you know, all you guys need to come out of the woodwork now and start saying you want this and that it, that it has to be in the game. And I think we're closer than we've ever been. The discussion's finally going in the right direction. And of course, I want to give a shout out to uh, over uh, everybody over at Molan Labe. Love you guys. Um, things are going great as always. And uh, that's it. That's my piece. So thanks for having me on, Jay. All right. Cool. Cool. Uh, Pokey. Uh, just a shout out to everyone that's on the show and on the show and off the show that's hopping into the show. It was uh, <laughs> amusing to say the least, but I always appreciate the conversation here and on the Skype channel. So thanks to everyone who tunes in and, and listens to us live. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Kane. Okay. Just my usual shout out to the desk community for sticking it out still. And um, also for all the people who have been like trudging through like the have feedback thread and like focusing on that and spending all the time. Because, dear God, I've been seeing work that people have been putting out from um, doing the feedback on that thing, and it's insane, the spreadsheets that I've been seeing coming out of people. Like, good stuff, but just, like, the work that people are putting into it, it's crazy. So, big shout-out to those people. Awesome. Uh, Iron Wolf. i also like to give a shout-out to the people who are uh, giving feedback to the vehicle thread and giving me something to do now, because now I have to, like, compare everything. Um, I want to give specific shout-outs to Pokey, Breaking, and Thaddeus for their hard work so far. Um, I am very open to seeing more information input. So if you actually got got good ideas on how to do things, um, let me see it, and I'll I'll try to get them all compared together. Good deal, Bam. Hey, uh, I don't really have anyone to shout out to apart from you guys for letting me come on and ruin your thread or your uh, podcast again. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, good night. I'm gonna go drink some more beer. MCRUs are actually like a thing in this game. That's kind of cool. Word. Okay, so a couple of quick shout-outs for, for everybody. Everybody that came on the show, so all the guests, really do appreciate it. Lether, totally appreciate you doing the drive-by guest thing. That was actually kind of cool. Although, it was, it was, I have to admit, it, your entry was a little creepy. Uh, but uh, other than that, I really enjoy the uh, the conversation back and forth. I mean, and generally, nobody got, got really heated about it. We are just trying to, I think, desperately understand where each other was coming from. And then once we thought we knew, we then we were slapping each other down. 
So I, I do appreciate everybody coming on the show and having a good good chat about it. Um, props out the CCP Ritati for effectively turning the Dust community into part of his development team, which is basically what he, I think he's done. Um, so he's harvesting a lot of ideas and work from an engaged community group and he's sort of the arbiter of the people that of the ideas that are percolating up and uh i think uh that's probably a good model for the position that they are in uh although every every day that i look at the trello board or every day i see the roadmap or every day that you know you hear about a new you know booyah feature coming out in dust it makes me makes me you know very tinfoily it makes me want to you know go drink some beer and eat bacon with bam and you're Slather more than welcome to come along the side, Jason. Yeah. Come along to the dark side, dude. Come Slather on. You know you want to. Foil, you know you want to. Come along, dude. Come along. Come to the dark yeah. side. I do. Uh, I, I Like I said, I, I really appreciate the work he's doing and the way that he's interacting with the community on this. Uh, on this. Um, let's see. I think that's about it for shout-outs at the moment. Um Generally, I really appreciate uh, all the all the all the fun we've had on the podcast. I do I have one quick shout out, uh, actually, to um, the Potside podcast on the Eve side. The guys that helped us get started, uh, they're still going strong. Highly recommend you check them out. Uh, a lot of interesting topics going on in Eve if you're into it. Then a big shout out to a guy named uh, Random McNally. He's another podcaster on the Eve side uh, that I've. Uh, done, done some work with here recently. Really good dude. Uh, so check out the High Drag podcast on Eve. Uh, very friendly to new bros. So if you're into it or you just want to hear hear about some things going on, it's probably a probably a fun a fun podcast to listen to. So with that, guys, we're going to bring this episode to a close. We really appreciate everybody listening. And again, as always, feedback is welcome. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent. I'm, I'm a huge fan of reading the emails that say Sarai sucks. I'm just saying. So please send more. Um, but on that note, but no, no, seriously, guys, the feedback you guys give us either in the Skype channel, on Twitter, or, or the occasional email, very helpful, actually, in how we tune the show. And I would like to uh, note that Soraya actually played it straight uh, when he was playing Planet Side 2. I was fully expecting it to be like one big like troll bomb the whole way through of this sucks, that sucks. And, you know, dust, rah, rah, rah. But I, I think he actually gave you a, uh, I think, I think his silence on some things and in his, in his commentary was actually pre- pretty much true to form in terms of what you were probably hearing about planet side. So kudos to Sarai for at least trying to play it straight on the, uh, on the review of planet side. So guys, we're going to bring this episode to a close. Good night and good luck. <laughs>